the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we even despaired of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Obviously, this is a very personal matter and a personal issue with the Apostle Paul. When he talks about, I don't want you to be ignorant of this trouble that I had when I was in Asia, how I was pressed with, uh, out of measure, pressed way beyond the normal ability of a person to endure, above strength, way beyond my capacity, insomuch that we even despaired of life. Had the sentence of death. There were literally people out seeking to assassinate and murder and kill the Apostle Paul. And he said oh, the, 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 the fightings that were without and the fears that were within, he talks about in chapter 7. Very personal time of trouble for Paul. And it's interesting that Second Corinthians... Uh, as he writes to them it is it, about these issues. Second Corinthians is the most personal of all of Paul's epistles. It's as it were he sort of draws back the curtain and, and shows us into his heart. And one of the reasons he does that is because not just that this is personal for him, but it's also personal for you and me. You know, difficulties and troubles get right down to where the rubber meets the road. And you want to put your Christian life in shoe leather, well, it, it gets right there when, it, when when trouble shows up. It's fascinating to me that three of the six times Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant, he says them to the Corinthian church. Two of them in 1 Corinthians, one of them in 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, don't be, I don't want you to be ignorant about this special identity and position and privilege that you have as a child of God to live in the liberty that God has given you. 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about the uh, the issue of uh, not being ignorant of spiritual gifts. Uh, in chapter 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians, he demonstrates the superiority of God's Word over any kind of experience you might have uh, in, in, in a uh, spirit, spiritual gift sense. Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he takes the superiority of God's Word and puts it on display in himself. Now, it's fascinating that it's to the Corinthians that they get three of the six, half of the six instructions, because the Corinthians were the, were the believers that, that seemed to have the most trouble with day-to-day Christian living. Of all the churches Paul writes to, it's the Corinthians that have the most difficulty with getting through day-to-day situations as believers for the glory of God and handling problems and difficulties and questions in their midst. And so this instructions goes to them, and uh, because they particularly need it. And, and that goes along with what I've said to you repeatedly about these ignorant statements, things not to be ignorant of. None of the six deal with any of the foundational issues of the Christian faith, the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. Um, and the reason for that is that the people that he's writing to are already believers. He's not writing to, to pagans. He's not writing to people in false religions or in cults. He's writing to members of the church, the body of Christ, saints of the Most High God. And he understands that the adversary has a policy designed to try to hinder your walk as a believer. 
And there are six areas that that the uh, Satan has learned are, are very fertile grounds to attack, to cause confusion and and misunderstanding about, to cause you to to try to seek the get the believer to function on on an ignorant basis about, in order to thwart the functioning on a day to day basis of your Christian life. So these are very practical issues here. When he says, I would not have you to be ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. The issue is going to be here, and, and actually in all of Second Corinthians, the issue is this. The issue is going to be the issue of suffering. And what we need to know and understand about suffering so that we can endure, uh, so that we can not be tossed to and fro by difficulties, not be disheartened by them, not be discouraged by them, not be tricked into thinking that because we have trouble in our life that we're out of the will of God or that God doesn't have our best interest at heart. These troubles that happened to Paul in Asia. Uh, There's some events that took place in Asia, and and that'll be, you can read about them in Acts chapter 19 when he was in Asia, and especially at Ephesus. And these events demonstrate how you can take sound doctrine and have it work in your inner man so that you can appreciate God as the God of all comfort and, and and not simply just fall apart when trouble comes. Verse 9, he says, For we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in the living, in ourselves, but in the living God, in, in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust he will yet deliver us. In Acts chapter 19, Paul was delivered from death. How? Through the ministry of some of the saints in the body of Christ, seeing the situation and escorting him and carrying him out of town and getting him away from the difficulty. Uh, Here in this epistle, chapter 2, verse 13, he talks about having no rest in his spirit. In chapter 7, verse number 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 5, For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. Notice the tremendous, extreme position Paul had gotten himself into here. He said, we had, our flesh had no rest. I couldn't sleep worrying about this thing. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. There were persecutions. There were assaults. There were people after me. There were people saying things about me. There were all kind of difficulties without. And I was pressed beyond measure, above strength. I got to the place where I just despaired of even living. Within were fears. Chapter seven, chapter 4, rather, he says in verse number 8, we are troubled on every side. We're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're cast down. Trouble, difficulties, pressures, uh, perplexed, don't know what to do about them. Persecuted, people just keep assaulting him. Cast down. He got depressed about it. He got the blues. He got down in the dumps about it. Hey, who wouldn't? You see, your emotions follow along with and respond to what's going on around you. But notice, that isn't all there is to these verses. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. 
I got all these problems, pressed beyond measure, above strength, insomuch that we can just despair of life, but I'm not in distress. I'm not I, I'm not all it ain't no it, it just isn't any big deal. We're perplexed. I don't know exactly how to handle this, but I'm not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down. He says in verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know what you do when you take an earthen vessel, a piece of pottery or china, and you or glass, and you throw it on the ground, cast it down? It goes to pieces. It breaks all apart. Paul said, we're cast down, but not destroyed. I hadn't gone to pieces. I hadn't lost it. Oh, my emotions get all upset, and they get all stirred up. And Paul in 2 Corinthians is very clear. This is one of the darkest hour, if not the darkest hour, of his whole life in ministry. And he did get depressed. And he was down in the dumps. And his emotions were in revolt. And he said, nevertheless, the God of all comfort comforted us. How? By the coming of Titus. You see, there was another... There, was an, uh, there it is again. You see, there's another brother, another member of the church, the body of Christ. God doesn't come in and just take away all the problems. He didn't do that in Acts 19. He didn't do that here in Macedonia. He didn't come in and just wipe out all their enemies. He didn't come in and say, no enemy, no weapon that's formed against thee will stand. He didn't do any of that. That's a good, that's a good verse for Israel. But Paul wasn't thinking like Israel. He's learned to think differently than the way Israel was taught to think. But God delivered him. But how did he do it? Well, he delivered him through the encouragement of the Word of God working in the saints of God. First Thessalonians 3, 8, Paul said, Now we live if you stand fast. <laughs> I love that. You Thessalonians stand fast in all these afflictions, and man, I just live. It's just life to me. I'm having a great time, he says, because you're standing fast. The Word working in you encourages me. That's what Paul's saying. You go back to verse number 5 in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. You see, when you have sufferings and the, the sufferings of Christ come along, there's also the consolation. If God leaves you here as a member of the church, the body of Christ, think about it. When he saved you, he could have took you on to heaven right that, that, that very moment, but he didn't. Why didn't he? Well, because he has a function. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. God has a function, a purpose for the body of Christ on planet Earth. And every time some of us got saved, if he just took us all to heaven, there'd be no body of Christ on Earth to preach the gospel and get some more people saved. So he leaves us here. And he leaves us here to do the, the, the work that he ordained the body of Christ to accomplish. But if he leaves us here to do that, knowing that he's leaving us here in a world at odds with him, knowing that there are going to be some sufferings of Christ, some consequence, negative consequences in your life and my life because he leaves us here as the body of Christ. There's also the consolation. God has provided, he's given us provisions to endure, provisions to function, not just to endure, but to rejoice you read over then Colossians one twenty four when he says, I now rejoice in, in, in who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. <laughs> he's not just enduring them, he's rejoicing in them. Philippians three ten he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul said, I counted a privilege to be able to suffer with him. 
Now, that's thinking differently about suffering than Israel thought about it, or the way human viewpoint thinks about it. You see, Israel, in Israel's program, was taught, whether it's time past or the ages to come, they were taught that when they, when they suffered trouble, whether it was economic reversal, whether it was um, health issues, whether it was enemies coming against them and prospering, when they suffered trouble, even if it was uh, weather-related problems, when they suffered trouble, it was a sign of God's displeasure with them. It was a, it was a sign of a curse from which they needed to seek deliverance. Well, Paul said, I don't think about suffering the way Israel thought about it because it's not a sign of a curse to us. And we don't need to seek the kind of deliverance that Israel sought from it. Paul said, we know something. We know that the whole creation groans and travails together in pain until now. Why is creation, why do we suffer? Well, God has a day when he's going to deliver creation from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And that's at the coming of Christ in his glory with his kingdom. In that kingdom, Sar and Simon will flee away. The inhabitants of that kingdom will no more say, I am sick, Isaiah 33 says. Jeremiah 30 says, the Lord says to Israel, I will heal thee of all thy diseases. You see, in that kingdom, when Israel gets her kingdom, long promised and predicted, all the, 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 the desert will blossom as a rose. And all of, the, all of the bondage that sin and all the corruption that sin has caused on creation will be done away with. And the curse will be gone. But that isn't what God's doing today. We know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Why? Because in order to extend the dispensation of grace one more day, God has to postpone the kingdom one more day. When he postpones the second coming of Christ in the kingdom, he's postponing the deliverance of creation. So in order to extend the day of grace another day so that it would have extended long enough for you to get saved and for your family to get saved and maybe for somebody tomorrow to get saved, if it extends till tomorrow, he has to postpone Israel's program. You see, we know what God's doing today. He's post, he set Israel's program aside. He's postponed Israel's program. He's interrupted the deliverance program that he promised to the nation Israel in order to form the dispensation, of the, the body of Christ in the dispensation of grace. That's why Paul says that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. You see, that's a dispensational term, the present time suffering. The dispensation of grace is a time when, when, when the, the deliverance program for the nation Israel, for creation, and, and so is, is held in abeyance. We know that the whole creation, Romans 8.22, groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only they, but we ourselves which have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves. Why? Well, he's left us here, waiting for what? Not him to take a curse away or deliver it, but waiting for the redemption of our bodies, waiting for the rapture, waiting for the resurrection, waiting for the day you get a brand new body. You see, there is a healing program, by the way, for the body of Christ. It's the event we call the rapture. It's the resurrection when you get a, a new glorified body. Until then, the fact is that if the Lord tarries, you're going to get sick, you're going to get old, you're going to hurt, you're going to suffer and travail in pain together with all, other, all the rest of creation, and you're going to die. They said, Brother Rick, that's not much, that's not great hope. But that's, that's, see, that's living in the real world. You can live out here in this psycho babble of, of religious confusion, claiming things that aren't, making like they are when they aren't, and live in religious superstitious delusion if you want to, or you can live in the real world that you live in, 
and see that God's grace, the consolation that's in Christ, is designed to live where you are on a daily basis for God's glory. That's why he says in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 1, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. See, Paul understood. He recognized that he had been made an example of what God now wants us to understand about suffering so that we can appreciate how to endure and what it means when we do. And that issue of endure, the enduring is the issue. The excellency of the power of God's Word to operate in your inner man and to produce stability and contentment and happiness and joyfulness with long-suffering and all patience that has more of an impact on a daily basis for the power of God than what the angels had demonstrated for them at creation itself. You see, God has equipped you and me by His grace to live on a daily basis in a way that the power of of the life of Christ can live in us. But we have to think differently about suffering, differently than Israel thought. It's not a curse. Suffering are not a curse to be delivered from. Different, by the way, from human viewpoint. The natural, our natural tendency is to want to avoid suffering. Paul said, "I rejoice in my sufferings for you." That's different. That doesn't make it a curse to want to be delivered from, and doesn't make it something to want to avoid. Now, the adversary, I mean, he uses. Our natural tendency to want to avoid suffering. See, we've got a natural tendency to to want to think the way Israel thought about suffering. And the adversary uses that to try to bring you into the position of being scriptural, quoting Israel's verses, but not in line with what God's doing today. You see, the simple fact is, you're not Israel. <laughs> and, and as much as you want to be like Israel and act like Israel and talk like Israel, you're not Israel. You need to learn to think like a member of the body of Christ in the dispensation of grace and not live in ignorance. And when you do that, you'll find that God has equipped you to live on a daily basis in your life in the midst of every detail that happens successfully for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he's equipped you uh, by the excellency of the power of his word, resting and, and residing in your inner man. He's equipped you in your inner man with, with fortification and, and uh, uh, strength and capacity to sustain you and to carry you forward so that you don't, you don't have to be confused and discouraged and disheartened. You don't have to have false expectations because you're not Israel. You don't have to have false accusations because you're not Israel. You know, one of the most uh, uh, powerful things the adversary does, he raises in your mind. You see a problem in your life and you think, well, you know, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let that happen for me, to me. If God really had his, my best interest at heart, would he really let that happen in my life? And Paul says, oh, listen, look at the cross and realize that God's already done his best for you. And though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. How is it renewed? 
Why, it's renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's your it's your mind, the, the Word of God educating your inner man and giving you the capacity to be re, by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I look at the clock, I got to go. Could I give you a Bible study tape that could help you with these things? The tape is entitled, The Key to All My Trouble. And it's a study about how to think like a grace believer. A believer in the dispensation of grace, a member of the body of Christ, should think about trouble, pressure, difficulty, problems in life, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial reversal, no matter what the difficulties are, just the the difficulties of getting through the day-by-day existence of life. There are only three sources of trouble. Every problem you have come from one of three sources. You need to know what they are, how to identify them. And then you need to have the renewed mind that God gives you through the doctrines of grace to think about them in a way that you can then handle them for God's glory. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about how to handle trouble and how God's equipped you to live on a daily basis in spite of everything that comes in life for His glory. Let me give you this free tape, The Key to All My Trouble. To receive your free copy, simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me here at at, at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible because we have a we have a rather uniquely designed three-year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is is unique in in several ways. First, we we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we, we followed a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another, another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of a video. In other words, we, we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the, and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be, a serious student of God's Word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio. And I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God rightly divided, and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week where the message of grace is taught from the rightly divided Word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed, call me, and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement. Our number again is 888-535-2300. 
Or, of course, you can write me at any time at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And, friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That number again is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha. I want to live the blood world Though Satan's darts at me are hurled For faith has called the joyful sound A song of saints on century, local radio has evolved with the needs of the community. From politics to pop culture, we keep you informed, bringing you the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text radio to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com, AM 990, and FM 101.5. The Word. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger... I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me. 
and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the FHSAA and the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in Florida. This message presented by the FHSAA and the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Portions of this broadcast hour are pre-recorded. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 